This is such a tense time. It's election season and social media is just overwhelming and exhausting. You have both sides of the political aisle attacking and demonizing the other. And something as simple as wearing a mask to protect yourself and others has become this political statement, as you can see by this mask protester here. It is exhausting. The racial unrest and protests are just wearing on us as we come to terms with some of our racist systems of society. Some of the, the racist attitudes are coming to the surface because some of our uh, people in power um, are making their racist uh, attitudes known in public. And it seems like our society is just um, split down the middle. And that goes all the way through um, churches, all the way through families, all the way through organizations. Kind of people are just pushed to one side or the other. It is so tense. But how do we move forward? I mentioned last week that the Dalai Lama has said that compassion is not just a luxury, it's a necessity for survival. And it may be our only hope in the midst of all of the political and racial unrest in our world. It may be our only hope for surviving the Thanksgiving Zoom call with our crazy uncle this uh, November. These next few weeks, we're going to be diving into the series on compassion. How do we cultivate compassion for ourselves and for those with whom we disagree? Karen Armstrong has spent much of her life studying world religions, and she speaks a lot on compassion. She says that all major religions and traditions speak of compassion as uh, one of the highest aims, that compassion is something that is sacred and divine and is part of who God is. She says that it is compassion, says the Buddha, which brings you to nirvana. Why, she says, because in compassion, when we feel with the other, she says we dethrone ourselves from the center of our world and we put another person there. And she says once we get rid of our ego, then we're ready to see the divine. Then we're ready to see God. Lamentations 3.22 says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Psalm 145, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all, and he has compassion on all that God has made. God is the source of all compassion. And if we are made in the image and the likeness of a compassionate God, then wouldn't we be compassionate as well? Uh, sure enough, psychologist Dr. Keltner at the University of Berkeley has said that we have a compassion instinct, that even infants who are too young to have learned behavior show behaviors of kindness and the desire to help when seeing someone in need. Compassion is innate. It's a part of our DNA. We are made in the image of a compassionate God. We see the compassion lived out in the person of Jesus. Charles Spurgeon was probably the most famous 
um, preacher in the 19th century, he said, if you would sum up the whole character of Christ in reference to ourselves, it might be summed up in this one sentence. He was moved with compassion. The Greek word here for compassion in these stories of Jesus, it's a, it's a really weird one. It's, um, some say that the writers of the New Testament made up this word for compassion. They combined a couple Greek words together because there wasn't a word that really communicated what um, Jesus felt. That word is splankidzomahi. Such a weird word to say. And it literally means to be moved in your, your innards, your guts, your bowels. God is the source of being moved in your bowels. <laughs> there are so many jokes there. And it's kind of like empathy. When you see someone suffering and in pain, you feel it too in your gut. It's like a natural response. Like watch these videos and see how your body reacts to them. When I watch some of those, I literally feel it in my stomach. It's that cringe moment of, oh, you feel it. You're feeling a glimpse of what they're feeling, the pain. But the difference between empathy and compassion is empathy is feeling some of what they're feeling. But compassion involves not just feeling it, but doing something to alleviate their suffering or uh, promote their flourishing. Dr. Frank Rogers Jr. of the um, Center for Engaged Compassion says that compassion is being moved in our depths by another's experience and responding in ways that either ease their suffering or promote their flourishing. The story in uh, Matthew 14 gives one of a ton of examples of Jesus uh, in the Gospels feeling compassion. The story starts after John the Baptist had been beheaded and his disciples tell Jesus and Jesus goes off on his own on a boat in private away from the crowds and um, the crowds try to follow after him and when the boat lands and he sees all of these crowds of people and he sees that they're hurting, they're hungry and it says that Jesus had compassion on them. Compassion is a sacred, divine trait. Sometimes compassion comes easy. A lot of the time, our immediate reaction to others is not driven by compassion. We are stressed and fatigued. We're numb. Uh, we're overwhelmed with work and family needs. Um, we're grieving all kinds of loss and change. Uh, from the pandemics of COVID-19 and racism and, and the constant onslaught of news and political conflicts. It just feels like one more thing will just put you over the edge. And I'm struggling with this. This is my second take for a sermon because I got into the first take and a neighbor across the street had an industrial leaf blower uh, blowing off his apartment porch for what seemed like forever and it was causing all this background noise in the video and I had to redo the whole thing and I got so frustrated and so mad <laughs> I had a light bulb moment of wait I'm supposed to be preaching on compassion and here I am getting upset at my neighbor it's hard to practice the way of compassion 
So how do we move forward? Matthew 9.36 says that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He felt it in his gut. He saw their hurt, their suffering. He said he felt compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Sometimes we feel so harassed and helpless, we have no energy or willpower to act out of compassion, especially when we're triggered by someone or something. And my first impulse is not to, to love and have understanding and compassion. It's, it's how the hell could they do that? How in the world could they think that way? As if it's a threat to me. We live in a constant state sometimes of tension and stress. And when we're agitated and reactive, there's something in you that is hurting, that is crying out for help, that your, your body and mind is sensing a threat. Your sympathetic nervous system is going into survival mode, this fight or flight or freeze. And maybe that threat is a crazy family member going off on Facebook about politics where it's a long line at the grocery store and the people around you definitely aren't social distancing and the person next to you has their mask halfway down their face and they reach across you to grab a bag of chips off the, the shelf and there's just one more thing that will just take you over the edge. We cannot be moved with compassion for someone else when we are in that survival mode. So in those moments, we have to turn inward. We need to, before we can have compassion on someone else, we need to have compassion on ourselves, some self-compassion. And this makes perfect sense within um, the teachings of Jesus. Jesus is, says the two greatest commandments are love God and love your neighbor as yourself. We don't talk about the love as yourself part much. If you cannot love yourself well, you will not have the capacity to love others well, much less the people who hurt you, the people who disagree with you. So when we are in a situation where we find it so hard to have compassion, we feel this tension and stress and anxiety and numbness, it's, it's your body's way of saying, I need some help. It is crying out. It has some wound that needs treated. So in those moments, maybe it would help for us to get grounded, to catch your breath. Maybe you step away from the situation or person or Facebook posts full of political arguments. Step away and, and take your breath. Get grounded and look inward. Listen to yourself. Listen to what your body is saying. Listen to what your tension is saying. And be curious about um, your own feelings in a, in a way that is not accusatory or judgmental or um, ashamed, but just in a non-judgmental, curious way. Notice what's in yourself. Notice what's in your body and your mind and listen for the cry of those feelings, the fear or the longing that is present in you. The part of you that was triggered, that went on the de defense, uh, listen to yourself, just as the same way you would listen to a child who is crying out and, and doesn't know how to, to handle their emotions, the way that you would comfort them and listen to them. 
do the same for yourself. And then as you notice your own suffering, extend some compassion to yourself, some love toward yourself, toward the wound that is in you. And as you become aware of the, um, the sacred compassion of God that holds all hurts, that holds all suffering, as you turn toward yourself to show compassion, you become enveloped in the sacred and divine compassion of that God, that God has toward you at all times. Only then can we begin to turn outward and address the wounds of others. The compassion, I think, begins with a contemplative, non-judgmental awareness of ourselves. And maybe that is what Karen Armstrong was getting at. When we're able to have this contemplative awareness, we're able to get into a space where our ego is not running the show. And when that happens, when our ego is not the center of attention, we allow the sacred compassion of God to just envelop us. Sure enough, in uh, 2013, a team of psychologists published a study with the Association for Psychological Science that found that meditation of any kind increases uh, compassionate response to suffering. There is something embedded within us that when we are able to get into a contemplative state where our ego is, our, our, is not the center of attention, then we're able to uh, address the needs of others better. And when our bodies go into this fight, fight, uh, flight, or freeze, notice that. Take a breath. Get grounded. Listen to your own fears and, and needs and wounds. And then have some compassion on yourself. And then allow the compassion of God to hold you. And this is a, a spiritual practice. And it's called a practice because it takes a lot of practice. It's hard. Yesterday, Kylie and I were so behind in work, and I was um, way behind in some of my seminary work, and, and I still had to work on my sermon, and I was studying for this sermon on compassion. I had all these Bible verses pulled up on compassion, and uh, we decided to order some Chipotle because we didn't want to take time to make lunch. So we ordered Chipotle. It said it would be delivered in 30 minutes easy and uh, 45 minutes goes by and it hadn't been delivered and there's no update on the website or through the delivery service and um, I was so irritated and, and frustrated and I called the delivery service to complain and I filled out a survey on Chipotle about how horrible the experience was and then I just had this light bulb moment of what am I doing? I am here writing the sermon on compassion, and I cannot even have compassion on this delivery driver who may be having gone through something, having a hard time, having a life situation that is they're not able to address their job at the moment. Who knows? <laughs> but this practice of compassion is a difficult practice that takes time, and part of it first step is an awareness. Awareness of when I need to have compassion on myself. I need to look at my own hurt and wounds 
my own fear, my own insecurities. I need to turn inward and have a little care and love for myself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we can do that in a contemplative, non-judgmental way. We can connect with the sacred, divine compassion and love that already holds you, envelops you. That within that spacious compassion, there is healing. And then we can turn outward. And then we can become less reactive when we feel a threat. Then we can begin to learn how our bodies react to those threats. And we can learn how to get grounded and take a breath and take a step back. And then we can learn to see the humanity, the dignity behind a person's words or actions that allows us to have compassion on them, that leads to healing, that leads to discussions that are fulfilling and good and not finding matches. It's a long road to get there. But it is the way of Jesus. It is the way of life, eternal life, life to the fullest. Next week, Kyle Reynolds, who's getting his doctorate in uh, dissertation and compassion studies, and he's going to talk to us about the boundaries of compassion. Um, so I invite you to join us for that. On September 27th, Dr. Frank Rogers Jr. of the Center for Engaged Compassion will actually be with us um, to share a message about compassion in the face of injustice. And that is going to be such a huge topic for us. So please mark your calendars for September 27th. And then September 30th, on a Wednesday night, our normal pub theology time, Dr. Rogers is going to join us on Zoom uh, for a compassion workshop from 7 to 8 p.m. And he's going to lead us in a compassion practice. So please mark your calendars for that as well, uh, Wednesday, September 30th at 7 o'clock, and we'll send out the link for that over the next couple weeks. So I encourage you, I invite you, uh, before we even worry about having, having to uh, have compassion on others and how to argue and debate and converse with those who we disagree, let's take a moment, take some time to practice having some compassion on your own wounds. When you feel afraid, when you feel threatened, when you feel anxiety and tension, to have some love and compassion for yourself and to be aware of the love and compassion that the God of this universe has on you and everyone. Go in peace. We'll see you on Zoom here in just a moment.